Welcome to Two Guys with Glasses. I'm Phil Taylor. And I'm Clayton Gibb. And this is a podcast all about the good life. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) To yet another episode of Phil Laughing. At the intro of the podcast. As always. (laughs) You know, here at Two Guys with Glasses, we may not be a lot, but one thing that we are is predictable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess this would be where we insert our customary joke about us both having glasses. We are both wearing, just in case anyone was wondering. If if you were you were just tuning into your favorite podcast saying, Are they actually both wearing glasses today? Yes, dear listener. We are both wearing glasses. We are both we in are glasses. Both bespectacled. There we go. That's a, that's such a cool word, bespectacled. Is it a word? I don't know. I think I'm gonna make it. It sounds right. Spectacled. By spe- Yeah. Because it. it would be like if it, if we just had like a monocle, yeah. wouldn't we be like Monocular. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, I always wanted a monocle when I was Anyone a kid. Anyone knows any words, let me know. Yeah, that's our, Hit us up at our, our command uh, of the English language. At our email, two guys with glasses at podcast.net. It's not a real email. Don't hit us up there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just kind of had in my mind like, like, like an angry listener. <laughs> Venting, and they're just sending emails. These guys will not take this seriously. <laughs> exactly, and they're telling all their friends. Like, fake emails. I keep calling them out, and they won't even reply back. Yes. <laughs> hey, I've sent so many emails, and they keep coming back to me and say it's not a real email. Whatever. Yeah. Or there, it is a real email, yeah, exactly. and it's like completely unrelated. These people are like, "Why is this guy emailing us?" It goes to the what is the if you. On uh, iTunes, if you search two guys with glasses, it's like, isn't it like two old guys with or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, where the, that's where it's going. So, yeah, the two old guys are, are getting yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like at some point we need to up our glasses game and we need to have actual, gla- like we need to have glasses, like corrective lenses glasses, but also like glassware glasses. Oh my gosh. So it could be two guys Phil. with glasses with if, glasses. If, okay, Phil, if we ever get big enough... <laughs> To the point where we're taking a video of this podcast yeah. and we're in like a studio. Yeah. We're gonna have like the neon sign right here. Yeah. And then yeah, and then we're gonna have the glasses. Yeah. Filled with our favorite beverage, which yeah. is let's say it all at the same time. Three, two, one, Coke. water. Almost. <laughs> um, and it's gonna say two guys with glasses. Yeah. And then people will say, That is so clever. Yeah. They'll yeah, just they'll say to themselves, that's, that's that is really so cool. clever. Those yeah. guys are they they're just clever. Two guys with glasses Two squared. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, but like, what would be cooler is like if my glass had like your face on it and your glass oh had my, my gosh, face on Phil, it. Oh my gosh, Phil, that would, that yeah. would just be, that would be amazing. So if you're out there and you make custom glassware. Hit us up. Hit us up. And we're not talking about <laughs> any kind of marijuana glassware. <laughs> I feel like that could go... <laughs> Or at least I'm not talking about that. I hope you're not, Phil. <laughs> no, I wasn't either. I wasn't either. Pretty sure that's probably illegal in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I was just thinking of that because yeah. I've got a friend, acquaintance from high school oh, cool. that I know about that. Is, is, uh, <laughs> is doing a podcast. And 
on his podcast mm-hmm. that he knew me about going mm. to swear. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and yeah. I always find that interesting. <laughs> I was talking about like a 16-ounce glass yeah, that no, holds that's a good. beverage. That's good, Phil. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about that. There we go. Two guys <laughs> with glasses with glasses. That's crazy. Yeah. We have changed the name of our podcast. Huh? Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. <sighs> Clayton, what have you been getting into this week? Well, well, <laughs> well, Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week is what people like to call finals week. Finals week. So, I've only had one final this week. Mm. Basically, last week was my finals week because I had three presentations last week. One the week before. I had a couple papers due. Um, but this week I did have one test in my media law class. Okay. I got a barely B. So I'm pretty happy with that. But a barely B is still a B. Phil, you want to hear a crazy story? Uh, I always want to hear a crazy story, Clayton. All right, Phil. So here's the thing. For this media law class, probably one of the harder classes I've had in my time at EKU. And uh, I don't normally take, like, if I take notes in a class, it's typically the kind of notes where um, I'm just trying to pay attention. And I'm, like, writing down what I listen mm-hmm. to. Um, it's not, I usually don't, like, go over and study over my notes, like, right before a test. And, like, a lot of my classes I don't really have tests in because they're all, like, it's, you know, PR classes. So it's, like, lots of presentations and research and, and projects. It's it's more papers and stuff rather than tests. Um, but for but for this class, it's it's media law. So it's, like, very – you're studying, like, all these cases, this the history of the First Amendment, all these different stuff. And it's, like, you ha- – like, my notes – like, I've never taken notes like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe I should have. But this class, like, I really decided to buckle down. And uh, so I, I have like this, so many pages of notes, all in, in, in this, uh, I have this notebook, which all my notes are in. It has um, all the stuff I've done for like test prep, where I've like made uh, outlines of everything. All my previous tests are in there. Um, all my study guides, all the handouts we have in class. So everything I need to study for this class is in this test or in this notebook. Um, so, the test is Tuesday morning. I go to study Monday night. Mm-hmm. Should I have been studying more for a comprehensive final? Yeah, I should have. Yeah, more than just one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't, Phil. That's just that's just where I'm at in my life. Um, so I go to reach for my bag to get this notebook out, and it's not there, Phil. And immediately, I'm just like, just like terror grips me. Mm-hmm. And then I had this thought because I was like, wait. I remember thinking to myself earlier, like, I couldn't remember where at first, but I was like, I remember thinking, Clayton, you better grab that notebook before you leave. I saw it on the table. Better grab it before you leave or you're going to forget it and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get screwed for this final. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that, like, sometime in the past week. And, like, I, I had to sit there for, like, like you know, a minute. Just like, where, where was it? And then I remember on Thursday, the day, like, the week before, I'd had this meeting where I had done that. I left it out on the table. And I thought to myself, you better grab that. And I didn't grab it. So, the meeting I had was in uh, the, what do you call it? The, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The media, Eastern Progress office. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, the thing is, it's Monday at 9 p.m. Uh, I was like, there's no way the building's to be open. But I go anyways. I get in the combs. I go up to the third floor, and the office is closed. So, I thought, dang it. I'm screwed. But then I noticed that there was like... Uh, a door opened a couple down the hallway, a couple doors down the hallway, and there was someone in that 
and that computer lab who was the editor for the Eastern Progress, and I was like, can you let me into the office? Mm -hmm. And he was able to let me in, I was able to get my notebook filled, but I've never in my life <laughs> been so, <laughs> first of all, I've never yeah. been so reliant on notes before yeah. in my life, yeah. and then now, like, now that I have them, I couldn't get to them, and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get screwed, but, so I ended up doing pretty good on the test. Oh, that's good, that's good. But yeah, that's that's what my week has looked like, Phil. I um, wrapping up all my classes, done with everything. I'll be headed out of the country next yeah, week, so that's exciting. What about you, Phil? What's your week over there? Uh, my week has looked like a bit of a hot mess. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like nothing out of the normal. It's just regular everyday tasks have kind of felt like, um, you know that. Uh, that scene in Indiana Jones yeah. when he's running the and the ball. boulders chasing yeah. him. That's kind of what it's felt like since last Wednesday. It's just like, ah, I've got just one extra thing on my plate. So, but you know, you push through it, you make it, you survive. It's all good. That's where discipline comes in, you know. You just gotta buckle down and get it done. Are we having technical problems? No, kind of. <laughs> Cause I, I, oh, you put it on low power mode. Low right? power mode. All yeah. right, gotta take it off low power mode. Sorry, folks. Clayton's up. That's right. While we're doing that, I can inform everybody that this is what my week has been like. Actually, this is not what my week has been like. This has been something I've been dealing with this week. I have yet to see Avengers Endgame. Okay, I want to yeah. see it. I don't want any spoilers when I go see it. I just want to see it mm -hmm. like it is, but I haven't, like, just my schedule is busy and I haven't had time to go see a three-hour movie, which is probably like a four-hour event to get to the movie, get the tickets, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, every, like, the first, however long it was up, you know, like, I'd see something about Avengers, I'd be like, no, I can't look at it. I gotta just keep scrolling, like, if I'm on social media or whatever. Or someone's talking about it and I'm like, don't say anything that might tell me anything about the movie. And then whatever it was, like the the directors were like, yeah, you know, after about two weeks, it's fine if you just start throwing spoilers out there. It's like everywhere I look, there's some sort of thing spoiling some plot point or being like this person and this. And I'm like, ah, no, I don't want to know anything about it. Should have just seen it, Phil. I know I should have just seen it, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it yet. I, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't even get to see Infinity War in theaters. I didn't have to wait till it came out. So that's pretty interesting, actually. The because I, I feel like. The fact that they did that, because I feel like those two weeks leading mm -hmm. up to it, everyone was like, like really, it was like, if anyone put any kind of spoiler, they were just like really harsh on them. It was mm -hmm. like, you're the, the, <laughs> the worst person in society if you spoil yeah. Endgame, which uh, is, I think it's kind of trivial. But um, but then after, it was, like, it was like the two weeks is over, everyone was just like, well, screw it. Now we're yeah. going to not care about it at all. <laughs> so it's, instead it's of like everybody. Yeah. only kind of there being spoilers for like a month and a half, now yeah. it's just like none of it, everything. I, I mean, like, so someone I was talking to about it, they made a really good point. They're like, it's a superhero movie. Like, it's a comic book movie. You yeah. kind of know how it's going to end. It's yeah. just really like how they get to that ending. Yeah. That's all. And so, like, it's not the end of the world, but it's just one of those things where it's like, why, when did everybody, were they just like waiting for two weeks to be like, we're not going to say anything. Now let's just vent all of our thoughts. Yeah. Well, I think, I think part of it is people want to want to share yeah. their thoughts and experiences with the movie. Yeah. With the people online. That's true. They're like, my friends must know this meme that I have related to this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I won't share anything about it once I... Uh... Yeah. Once I see it, I'll keep it to myself. Well, what's interesting, though, is I don't watch Game of Thrones, but 
I've noticed that after every episode, like I see some like pretty explicit spoilers, like yeah. as it's happening. Yeah, like I, people don't hold back with that show. Like they're just like, I can't believe that X character killed Y character, and I'm yeah. like, <laughs> or, or it's. I think well, um, I, it feels like to me, Game of Thrones fans are just like the most meme crazy fans of anything like yeah. at least at least in my social media sphere it's like a game of thrones episode happens uh, and then like the next day it's just like game of thrones memes yeah all i know is that people are mad that it's a guy getting the throne and not a girl i've, I've seen a lot of people tweeting about that which i don't know yeah. anything about it but to me it seems as if uh, it's almost as like people think that they deserve to get who they think should be, and it's a it's like a written story. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's already it's already it's already planned out. It's like it's not the it's not the real world. This it's isn't not real life. This isn't an election where yeah. people deserve to get things than they do. <laughs> this is how I wanted it to be. Yeah. You know, people in entertainment. That's kind of a weird thing. How close we get to like entertainment and yeah. TV characters. Like we feel entitled to certain characters. Yeah, certain. yeah. Or <laughs> or like, have you ever? Have you ever watched like a series from beginning, to, not binge watched, but like old school had to wait a week and watch a TV show for like six or seven years and then it ends and you're like, what? That's how it ends? <laughs> I, I what? don't I don't think I have because growing up we didn't have a ton of TV films. Yeah, oh, that's true. You guys the, lived in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it wasn't really anything I watched weekly. And then I, not that I binged anything either, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I think you kind of lose a little bit of that with binge because, you know, you can get through a show so fast that you don't have that time to be like, you don't have that like in between the weeks of talking to your friends like, did you see last night's episode? Oh my gosh, that was so crazy. Like drafting, yeah, you just like the instant gratification. mm -hmm. Well, I mean, really, I'm doing that right now with Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I'm watching that week by week. Okay. But like, it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so it's not like, (laughs) it's not exactly plot heavy. Yeah. but yeah, I think like uh, the the last real show I was really invested in that I watched for a long time I think was Lost, yeah. and it was so crazy, and there were all these theories, and you were trying to figure things out for so many years that like I don't think I think anyway they wrapped that show up, people were going to be frustrated because yeah. can't please everyone. Yeah, and I also don't think that, like some some of the interviews I've read and stuff and listened to talk. It doesn't really seem like they thought their show was going to make it that long, so they were just throwing crazy stuff out there. And then they're like, "Yeah, we kind of did have a polar bear in the jungle. How are we going to answer that question? You know, just like yeah. all these things that you're spending it like seven years. Like, where did it come from? How is this going to happen? And they're like, uh, <laughs> "No, we're not going to answer that. We're just gonna we're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen." I definitely think shows like that is it's like the directors have like and like the people making it have yeah. like. They, they think about it so much but then when it has like this cult following mm-hmm. and they think about it so much more yeah. <laughs> and the director's yeah. like whoa like you know <laughs> where did that idea come like, from I mean unless you have this like extreme ownership of your own idea mm-hmm. again you ha- you just know what the yeah. story is yeah. and then the people like otherwise the people are just gonna like tear yeah. it apart and then come up with their own theories yeah. and you'd be like that really like the polar bear like did it mean anything maybe not maybe. who knows <laughs> but like they like everyone else thinks it means something Star Wars fans are the worst for that and I am a huge Star Wars fan but there'll be a 30 second teaser trailer and then like within hours there will be like hour long breakdowns of every shot when we freeze it right here look at the way the lightsaber flickers 
What does that mean about the kyber crystal inside? <laughs> Did she have to forge one? Wait, what? And you're like, oh, gosh. Like, no, I think we're just reading into things. Why can't we just enjoy entertainment? Why do we have to make it a part of ourselves? That's a good question. That's a question for a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about While today. we're talking about <laughs> fandom, I think this ties well into what we're going to talk about today, which is creating your, your, uh, the community around you. Right, and that's kind of what we talked about last week was that idea of intentional community. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to explore what it looks like to really be intentional about creating that community. Because we do, we do form communities around TV yeah. shows. I'm sure there are all kinds of, I, I know for a fact, there's all kinds of Star Wars communities of different thoughts and feelings and those who like the prequel trilogy and those who hate it and the fans of The Last Jedi and those who think it's the worst film ever made. Right, They form these little communities. So uh, let's kind of kick it off with that thought of what, what does a personal community look like? So what are some examples of a personal community? So I think we can, we can talk about like really some, some like things we take part in, like mm-hmm. we talked about last week. Um, so like things like that could be, like for me, uh, I'm an EKU student. That's a community for me in a way. I choose to go to EKU. Um, at EKU, I take part in crew, which is you know a ministry, kind of like a club. Um, people choose to be in that, and I've, I've elected to be in that. There's a people who are like-minded like me, who also have choose to be in that, and so we have a community there. Um, something else we could talk about was like a, like a church. Um, something we both attend. We mm-hmm. go to the same church, JCC, baby. Um, and you know, the church is a community. We all choose to go into these churches and I think there's there's a lot of like these different kind of things we could we could talk about which are where you elect to become a part of a set community um, but I think more what we want to talk about this week um, is how we create like intentionally create personal community so that that's that's a little bit more I guess like a level deeper than um, you know taking part in like a yeah. preset organization yeah so let's kind of pause there and just sort of parse out what we mean by that because um, when it comes to like churches or clubs or things like that, it, you're right that it's usually like-minded people coming together. So it's people we want to be around, right? Like I, I want to come to Journey Community Church because I think like the people and they think like me. And so we, we're being intentional about that, and that's a level, but we might call that like level one intentional because there's a, uh, a third party, if you will, yeah. who's facilitating those relationships yeah. same thing with crew like people general i would say not everyone but generally people who go to crew kind of have the same desire yeah. right and so crew facilitates his ability for community to build around um campus ministry and and what that looks like to follow jesus and so there's a third party but what happens when we remove that third party and so now it's it's me selecting individuals. I am the party. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it, and that's a weird process because it's kind of, it, it's like a two-way street. Like, I have to say, I want to be friends with you. But you have to say you want to be friends. Exactly. But <laughs> By the way, we're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of, like, you generally don't have a conversation like that. I don't know that I've ever, I mean, sometimes I yeah. will say that, but I'll, you know, I'll be like, I think we're friends now. Are we at the friend level? And I'll be like, yeah, did I think we're friends. Yeah, did we, did we? But you just generally don't do that. You don't walk around being like, I want to be friends with you. Yeah. I want to be friends with you. Do you want to be friends with me? Here's a little, here's, you know, passing notes, contact, checklist, yeah. yes or no, or whatever. But Compatibility so, form. What, uh, what, what kind of, how should we begin to think about the selection of friends? 
Yeah. So I think, yeah, so when, when thinking about friends, friendships, uh, the relationships we have on a personal level, I think there's, there's different levels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just how close you're going to be to someone. Because there's, there's people that, um, you know, you can be friends with, like, through proxy mm-hmm. um, and proximity. Not through proxy, through proximity um, that you're just close to on a daily basis. Um, whether or not you've, you've elected to become really close place. to them. Proximity acquaintances. Are you, oh yeah, <laughs> he's got a he's got a big picture of Ron Swanson on his T-shirt today. Um, if you guys are familiar with the show Parks and Rec, uh, <laughs> workplace proximity associates. Uh, yeah, sometimes you just gotta call him by the wrong name. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. in, in case they're getting too comfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how you doing today, Derek? <laughs> Pretty good, Bob. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. That's what I thought of. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the, there can be, I guess, in that, like the, the most base level is like acquaintances, right? Yeah. People that you know because you you spend time, like you're doing the same kind of things with them. Um, but you're not, like, if you were to go outside of your that shared experience that you guys have of whatever it is. Work friends. Work That's friends. Yeah, that, yeah, people that you just kind of encounter but don't, like, you're going to smile and wave, you know their name, yeah. you know a little bit about yeah. them, but you're not going to, like, Call them over when you're in trouble yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. class friends. Like yeah. I'm sure you have those people that, that in the class and you talk to them and you're friendly yeah. and you kind of make jokes. But then it's like you walk out of the door. Yeah, and it's like I don't even know who you are. Yeah, like why are you looking at me? And then yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's weird how we do that. But uh, yeah, so so proximity is they're they're just sort of in our area and have this shared experience. And and then if we were to kind of take it a little bit further, there's there's that acquaintance level, which is, it's not, it, it kind of goes a little bit beyond just being in space with them, right? That maybe we take a little bit of an interest in them. Maybe we, hey, I saw you across, you know, I will look your way or walk across the room to say hi, or if I see you somewhere, I'll sit down with you. Um, and, and I think that begins the level of, in, like, of intentionally choosing someone. Yeah. But I think what we're trying to get at here is that, intentional friendship and close friendship like um how to choose it why to choose it yeah how do, how do you choose it and why do you choose it and what is it like what is the how do you uh i've been trying to think about how to phrase this but how do you how do you take that because let's let's let me let me if i phrase it like this it'll make sense um you know, I, I'm in proximity with people and I, I, I see someone and I'm like, I really need to develop a relationship with someone like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for selfish reasons because I'm like, you know, that person is, they're doing something I'm not doing. I just want to spend time with them and kind of learn from them or grow from them. Or that's the kind of person I just want in my friend group. Like, they're a good, they're a good human being. They're, they're walking the same kind of path I am. And so it would be good to have them in that friend group. It's that uh, identifying and then inviting them in. I think that's the intentional part. Like, yeah. like you know, it's, it's like making friends 101. You have to kind of walk through those yeah. those steps, but it's really that looking at the people around us because I just don't think we do that. And I, I think we talked about this last week is we just don't really pay that much attention to the people around us. We yeah. just sort of take, we just sort of take what the universe gives us for our friends, if you will. Yeah. And that, to me, that just seems like, um, a disaster yeah i i definitely think because if, if you, most people when we think about like the friends we have we don't think about 
how we like were sat down and thought through and like picked out people to be friends with like that we don't normally think about that but mm-hmm. I think what we want to do is like to perhaps challenge people to be a little bit more intentional because I think it's not because the people you're already friends with maybe like you did a bad job picking them yeah. but it's like think about the other people that are in your life that you maybe you need someone you know new to come into your life or you you want to um, you know you just want to surround yourself with more good people and I think there there's there is a certain amount of intentionality about that that is important and can be good because if you um, if you know you need something that there's a need in your life that's not being met um, maybe it's pursuing uh, someone you thought was a close friend mm-hmm. or like it, it has is one of your friends but actually being a little more intentional with that person yeah I think because maybe it's someone you you hang out with could be a roommate someone like that and maybe you just say we need to take this to the next level because I need uh, X, Y, and Z in my life, and I think you can fulfill that. We can fulfill mm-hmm. it for each other. Yeah, yeah, and and so I think the, the danger of 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 our conversation today is it's going to sound like friendship is all what I can get, and not what I can give. And so there is a whole aspect of it being this sort of reciprocal thing of mm-hmm. us speaking into each other's lives. But but I, I do think that there is that in, being intentional is. Um, I don't want to use the word selfish, but you have to be kind of mindful of who we're inviting into our lives. Right? We looked at several passages from Scripture last week that just kind of speak to that, of the people we invite into our lives are going to shape our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to be intentional and protective and proactive with that gift that is our life. And and so I, I think a, the, the, the path of friendship is really the path of intimacy mm-hmm. right you said something to the effect of true friendship uh comes from intimacy that's yeah. how we become friends with each other is <clears throat> is opening up and and so let's just sort of park on this word intimacy for a while because i, I think particularly with um men intimacy is a weird word yeah like if i came up to you and i was like Let's uh let's get intimate. You would be like, whoa, dude, seriously, what's with this crazy talk? Back off. Yeah, exactly. And and even if you you, you could take that a, a bunch of different ways, but we just sort of are, I think, culturally conditioned to not take down our walls. Yeah. Right. Like we kind of are the like the the ideal American man is a little bit stoic. They're gonna really share, and like open up. Type. Yeah, like that the the Lone Ranger, the cowboy riding off into the sunset. I hold my wisdom inside of me. Yeah, yeah. And dispense it. Yeah, that kind of a person is who we sort of have put up on this pedestal of like this is what it means to be a man. Mm. Um, and and yeah, friendship is important in there, but friendship is almost exclusively proximity based. Yeah. Right. It's well. It's these are the people that are doing the task with me. So these will be my friends. I'll just take that. And, and we never get past the. Uh, we never break down the walls of what's actually, what it means to be a friend. What's going on in your life? How are we shaping each other? We just keep walls up. So what does it look like to break uh, down barriers and to be intimate? How would you describe um, intimacy? Yeah. So I think intimacy. Uh, yeah, so I said that um, to have like a true friend, like a, a friendship beyond acquaintanceship. Is that another word? I'm not yeah. making up words. Sure, acquaintanceship. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's talk about our acquaintanceship. I'd really like to take it from acquaintanceship to friendship. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it t- if it takes this intimacy, um, an intimacy is like knowing someone. 
I think. I, that's not Merriam-Webster. That's Clayton. I don't know yeah, what the sure. exact definition is. But um, because if, if, you, if you only know someone about like, um, you know, I, I know this person. I know he um, he's funny sometimes and he likes to eat this food and that kind of stuff. Like it's just like, you know, that's, that's not very intimate with that person. Um, that's pretty surface level stuff. But like um, if, if we know someone, the more I know about someone – and not to say you need to be intimate with everyone. I think that's what we're saying. We need to be intentional with certain people to become intimate. And I think that takes, yes. on our part, um, vulnerability. So if, if we're taking a step forward into uh, an intentional friendship or relationship, because um, this can also apply to you know romantic interest um, and partnership, um, leading to marriage and that kind of thing. Um, so to be, to be vulnerable, you have to open yourself up. Um, there, there comes a little bit of trust with that. Because if I'm sharing with you, Phil, um, something about me that not everybody knows and it's something that um, makes me vulnerable, it leaves me open to you. And I'm trusting that you uh, will not hurt me because I've opened myself up to that. Because you could say, well, that's an interesting fact about something you struggle with, Clayton. Um, I'm going to ridicule about you about this and then mm-hmm. tell everyone that's the yeah, old year yeah. and then they're all, they're all going to know now. Yeah. But once you do take that step and then I'm vulnerable with you and you're vulnerable with me and we're sharing things about our lives, then that creates a bond because we know things about each other. So we've, yeah. we've become intimate in that way. Yeah. Um, we've, we've put our trust into the other person. Um, and obviously, okay, so <laughs> I think I'm going like really, really deep, really quick. Yeah. Um, but like that's that's what like a really close friendship should look like. Yeah. And I, I think most people know like when they create friendships, that's, that's just something that happens. Um, but then it's also like for us to think about uh, two things that I think I want to hit on. is The first is like some people I know, like I've had people open up to me. Like I, I've met them, told them my name, and then like two minutes later we're here's like here's the skeletons in my yeah, closet like, let me by the way you. like here's yeah. all the things I've had yeah. along with my life I'm like yeah thank you for opening up to me but like I don't know if you should you know like um, and some people are just like that like the, some people are more comfortable with those kind of things but it's like almost you know if, if you're if you're too vulnerable then everyone knows everything about you and you've got nothing left to give um, and it just it just depends I mean I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not the smartest person when it comes to that kind of emotional yeah. availability kind of thing but yeah. um, I think you have to be careful when you do that but then it also on the flip end for people um, if, if you feel like you're really lacking like a really close friendship because I think I know I see people who you know they're surrounded by people but they feel like they don't have any friends they don't feel like they have any close friends um, I think on, and on, the, on their part or our part and when, when you're in that situation and particularly when um, you know you're in a, you're in a new area maybe or maybe you've had like a really close friend move away or something and you've or you've gone to college you've graduated you got a new job in a new city or something like that and you have no one near you you need to be intentional about finding those people um and bringing them in it's like because you know it's kind of similar to like making a friend is kind of like pursuing a girl or something like on a date Uh, it's because you just you just have to get to know them a little bit and then open up Mm -hmm. um and i think that that doesn't need to be like a I I've I've hit the check marks on mm-hmm. my list and like I've shared them you know I've thirty percent of my yeah. personal life and now they know that much now yeah. we're this close but um, it happens through shared experiences um, and just through like normal things in life so it's like 
we're, I think we're, we're articulating this not to say you need to be like... Here's the process. Change the way you live yeah. your life. Yeah. But it's like this is something we need to be aware of so that we can pursue these things in an intentional manner. Because I, I know when people in my life have like really taken the time and the effort to invest in a relationship with me and do these kind of things, um, they were intentional with me. That means so much more than like, you know, taking two and a half years to like get to know someone <laughs> you've lived next to. You know, because I mean, it's just... Be intentional, I yeah. guess, is, yeah. is the main gist. Be intentional, be vulnerable, understand what it takes to really acquire that level of friendship that that is that can lead to you know, restoration and healing through whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think you made a really interesting point, and I jot down this note that vulnerability leads to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Intimacy leads to trust. And then I would tack onto that trust leads to growth. Yeah. Right, and that's kind of I think that's this this mutual. This how it works mutually. So, if I am willing to be vulnerable, if I'm willing to share a little bit of myself, I'm willing to come and say, so here's what's going on in my world, and and it's not necessarily personal, and it's not. It, it, oh, sorry, it, it is personal, but it's not necessarily private. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, it, it takes a little bit of takes a little bit of trust to say, hey, so here's how my day really was. Yeah. To kind of go beyond that, oh yeah, it was good, because that's what we do. Um, but to, to, to be a little, bit, little, a little bit vulnerable, and then that helps us to develop this intimacy, because if you're a little bit vulnerable and I'm a little bit vulnerable, then we sort of begin to know each other a little better, and that really can mm-hmm. blossom and grow. And when that does grow, and I've been vulnerable in steps, and then I can trust that you, that there's confidence there, that uh, I can confide in you, and you're not going to go tell everybody, or you're not going to, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you my shortcoming, and that's going to be how you you mock me mm-hmm. in a, a you know in a joking way, because that's yeah. how we disguise it. But yeah, but it, it, it's it's just a joke. Yeah, it's just a joke, man. I'm just giving you a hard time. Just joking, man. Um, then there's trust. But when we learn to trust each other, that's when we can grow together. Mm. Right, love. It's, it's when we when we trust each other. Growth. We can grow together. We grow. And so, yeah. I I really think that's that's why we need to be mindful about this because, uh, I, and I think this has happened to all of us is we have started the process of vulnerability with the wrong people. Yeah. And 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 so one, I think one of two things really happen with that is one you open up to the wrong people and they do kind of what we already hit on is that becomes how they mock you or they they hold that against you somehow right yeah. and and that kind of tends to be a little bit of a cultural thing like we do right and, you know we call yeah. short people tall or, or bigger people we call them slim or whatever just to kind of like nub at what they aren't yeah. we give them that as their nickname yeah. or, or something like that or or the the clumsy guy you know we're always making fun of how he's clumsy or whatever or, or, or yeah. those kind of things and it's just sort of how we interact, mm-hmm. but I think there's a deeper level of that which which really cuts into our ability to be vulnerable. Yeah, and so um, it, it, it's that being mindful about finding the right people to be vulnerable with, yeah. so that we can grow, so that we can develop intimacy and trust and growth, and being intentional, having the soft eyes to look around your proximity. Because I, I think. Even you know, there's a in the, in the digital age, you can find friends on the other side of the world, right? But most of our our friendships are really going to grow from that proximity. Yeah. Who's around us? Who who? Who's around me? Yeah. Who's around us? But 
and then not just willingly taking it in and saying, okay, well, I guess these are going to be my friends, but thinking like, who am I, who, who, who should I invite into my life? Yeah. Um, there's this uh, kind of, uh, you're a Seinfeld fan. I'm a Seinfeld fan. We're fans. Yeah, we're fans. There's that, there's that sort of recurring joke in Seinfeld of anytime someone kind of tries to get into the friend group, Jerry will always say, I've got three friends. I have too many already, right? <laughs> and, and, and it's funny and it's a joke because, you know, like he's only got three friends and everybody else is kind of just out there. But that's not necessarily a bad philosophy of being like, you know what? I've already got enough people in my group. I don't need someone else, um, particularly if it's the wrong kind of person, yeah. right? It's okay to say, you know what? I'm not really looking for more friends. Yeah. Um, or maybe you don't say, I'm not looking for the kind of friend you are. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I want to take that, want to clarify something here. It, you could hear what we're saying and think, oh, he's talking about like a, like, a, like a particular kind of person who's a bad person or an amoral person or who does this and all that. That's not even what I'm talking about. There are going to be really great people around you, mm-hmm. but they're not the people you need to invest in. Yeah. And, and they don't need to invest in you because there's other friendships they need. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really about building a, a, a community of where we 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 surround ourselves with people who aren't like us in a good way so i think ultimately we we want to put ourselves into a position where we can positively Im- impact other people like, yes. so even even if there's people out there who um you know are, are not particularly good or like they're, they're going through things uh, we want to put ourselves in a position with the support of a proper friend mm-hmm. friend close friends that we can have um, to, to which we can interact with other people and help them. Um, so that's not to say, like, like you said, that we're not we're not saying like pick the good people and then yeah. only stick yeah. with them. Like, like yeah. friends are to help us, like you said, grow. Yeah. And growing involves going outward. Yeah. Um, and I think that and that's when we interact with everyone else around us. So, but we have to have like that. You know, if you're thinking about a tree, I love thinking about trees. I don't know. <laughs> trees are cool. They grow, you know, like we yeah. need, we need yeah. that stable root system, mm-hmm. which is our friends. And then when we grow and we can, you know, make fruit um, and help others. Like yeah. that's, but we got to focus. If we don't have like a solid foundation um, within ourself, you know, within like personal discipline, those kind of things, and then a support structure of people around us and we're, we're just going to fall apart. We're right. not, so having uh, and selecting a good group of people around you enables you to go out and interact with the people um, that are a little bit more on the fringes. So like people that are acquaintances and all those other people and like the people that you, you see at Chick-fil-A, you or you see like walking mm-hmm. on the street. Um, man, yeah. Arthur <laughs> just popped into my head when I said that. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I do. Uh, How does it go? And I say, hey, hey, it's a wonderful kind of day. It's got walking down the street in there sometimes. Gotcha. Anyways, (laughs) sorry, Arthur just gets in there sometimes. Uh, Shout out to the listeners who know what I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, I feel like I had something else I wanted to throw in there. Um, While you were thinking that, I really just like that idea of a tree because when we kind of have that group of uh, friends, and this is kind of a visual thing. But when we have that group of friends that sort of is that that becomes our root system mm-hmm. and, and and they are we are impacting their lives and they are impacting our lives yeah. and their strengths are our weakness and our strengths are their weakness and we start to grow, then we do become that kind of place where people who people can can sort of take refuge yeah. in the in the fruit of our life 
there can be this aspect of my life can provide shade, it can provide what what kind of what you need, I can be that person for you. And you might not necessarily be my friend, maybe one day you become a friend, mm -hmm. or let me just for the, you might not be a close friend, yeah. uh, or, or even an intentional friend. You might be a proximity in yeah. my workplace, but because I have this stable root system of intentional, purposeful community, mm then I can have this effect on your life in a positive yeah. way that's supplied and nourished from my intentional community. Will be your sprinkler system. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and then maybe that leads to you becoming part of my intentional community. Or maybe it's just me getting you in a place, uh, meeting you in a place where you could use something for, you know, I can provide something for you and you can provide something for me, however it works. Yeah. But something about that friendship has enabled me to speak into your lives in positive ways that may lead to deeper friendship or it may not. And that's mm -hmm. fine. Like, uh, again, it goes back to that. Your intentional community is that group of people you're forming where your strengths are my weaknesses and my weaknesses are your strengths. And together we're building each other up. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that idea that uh, the Apostle Paul talks about in, in Corinthians where he, he's seeing the church as a body and every part is necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you need to have your, your uh, I was going to say your, your tall friends, but maybe you do need to have tall I'm friends. My tall friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, yeah, I, see, my function in community <laughs> is to carry things and reach high things. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> the big tall guy. <laughs> Good to have him around. <laughs> Doesn't matter how small the object is. I, mean, I can get it. He can carry it. He can carry it. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I think that's to me that's really the goal is to have that that intentional community that supports you and builds you up, and you're pouring into and they're pouring into you, so that when you go out into the places where you're interacting with acquaintances and proximity uh, friends and and um, you know the the regulars you see where you get your coffee or you eat your breakfast or whatever it is that you're 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 in a place where you can you can be healthy and make an impact in their life and you're not a drain right you, i don't have to suck the life out of my workplace because i'm being supported and nourished by my intentional community and i think uh that really leads to something that's that's vital to this which is the role of a mentor mm. I think everybody should have at least 20 mentors. And that's a little bit hyperbolic, but, but really, I, I don't think we have enough mentors in our lives. I just don't think we do. Hot take, Phil. Yeah, there we go. Why don't you defend that? Yeah, okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> you don't have enough mentors. Just look at your life. That's how I would defend it. You're probably deficient in some area. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were like personally attacking no, me. No, 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 no. It was like clean. <laughs> No, I was talking you to, the, idiot. to the, the proverbial person. <laughs> He's talking to you, listeners. Uh, yeah. Feel attacked. Uh, Hit up that email. Or don't feel attacked. Just, you know, assume that you probably need to find a new mentor or more mentors. <laughs> so 20 mentors. How, how feasibly how do you have 20 mentors? I, I don't think yet. I said it was hyperbolic. All right, It's Phil. hyperbolic. But you get the gist. You, you need to have... More mentors. Like to say you need to have at least one mentor is not enough. You need to have lots of mentors pouring things into your life which but Phil yeah what what about the saying there's too many cooks in the kitchen yeah um the, sure if we're dealing with kitchens and cooks but we're not dealing with kitchens and cooks we're dealing with your life oh yeah and too many mentors in a life too many mentors in a life which is probably a possibility but I don't really think it is because 
the role of a mentor, who a mentor is and what a mentor really does is, like I, I think we, we think of a mentor as different than, than um, let me rephrase that. I used to think of mentors in an incorrect way, which was it's this one person who you take under your wing or they take under their wing and they're going to tell you all the things you need to know about life and they're going to be there with you until some point they're going to say, now, young grasshopper, it's time for you to go. And I don't think that's how a mentor, how we should think about mentors or what mentors should be for us. I think mentors are people who have a particular uh, set of knowledge or skills or abilities that can speak to a particular set of things going on in our lives. I think most of our mentors will be temporary um, and they can fall into any of those categories. I've had mentors who were close friends and I've had mentors who were work proximity associates, right? It, 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 it's not, um, I think we, if we go back to that scale of intimacy, a mentor is not necessarily someone that you have to have this deep relationship with but it is someone who understands where you are on this particular thing and can take you or help you overcome or get better at or succeed in this area or what, however you want to think about that. Yeah. So I, I guess, so for defining a mentor, it's mm -hmm. just someone who can, is a little bit more knowledgeable, a little bit wiser in some facet of our lives yeah. that can help us along. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be like some really old guy who's mastered every area of life. He just meditates for eight that hours. That really old guy doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess we should talk about like what kind of mentors we have. Yeah, okay. Would that be a good thing to sure. do? So I think, okay, I'll go first. Okay, go first. Okay. Why don't you tell us about the kind of mentors you have? Um, so I think when I think about my mentors in my life, I think you would be one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly. We, meet, we talk a lot. We podcast it. Um, I work through some life things with you. You you help me out, um, so I think that's really obvious. One there's there's a couple, several other men in the church I would say mm -hmm. kind of fill that role too. Of, um, you know, however frequent infrequent we meet, but we kind of talk through things, and they give me they give me wisdom and advice. Um, they can share with me. I can share with them. They they've been there before. So I think that's kind of like a, a broad life <laughs> life mentors, and I think maybe a different kind of mentor would be someone. Um, I have at EKU. Like I would think, there's a Dr. Gleason is someone uh, I, I would consider to be a mentor. He's technically my thesis mentor, but mm -hmm. even um, beyond that, he's taught several of my classes. I, I kind of meet with him on a semi-regular basis and kind of just talk to him. He he helped me figure out, you know, when I was just a freshman and figuring out how to do PR, uh, what I wanted to do with it. He helped me like kind of talk through all these kind of different ideas and stuff I could do. So, um, so he's a mentor in my life. Um, so I think those are those are some of the ways I have mentors, and then I think something you mentioned before we started this was mentors in the way of uh, people who like write books and uh, have you know lives we can study, even if we don't directly know them. Yeah, people who lived years ago. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting signal. We're getting a little close. Yeah, I, but and I think so. Uh, let me ask you this question. How have you uh, acquired mentors? Was it, uh, was it an active thing or a passive thing or a mixture of both? Definitely a mixture of both because I remember the first person 
For, first time I would say, like I had like a like an intentional mentor discipleship kind of in my life was um, Adam Friend. He mm-hmm. when I was uh, at the end of high school, he messaged me like in my senior year, and he said, "Hey, you want to get breakfast sometime?" Um, and so just through through him and us getting breakfast on a semi regular basis throughout my whole senior year and into my freshman year even. Um, he, he that was like a very the first like really tangible kind of like discipleship mentorship I experienced was was like a older guy kind of like really just taking time and investing in me and I think so that that kind of came at me because he he asked me I, I I had no intention of you know even thinking about seeking that out but then I think about other of my relationships and I think most of the time you're gonna have to go to them like if if you see an area in your life where um, you see a need, a need that's not being met. You need to like go to uh, find a person who can meet that. Um, and I think, and then I, I think there can be even be like peer mentorship because I feel like I've I've done that with my friends before where mm-hmm. um, we're a little bit closer in age, but we help each other through those things. And that, that's because you be boiled onto friendship, but like yeah. it's more so like I ask for guidance from a friend. Yeah. Um, even though they're not like <clears throat> X years ahead of me, they can still help me through those things. Right. And, and so I think you hit on something that's, that's really important there is it, sometimes we think of mentorship as this long thing. Yeah. But mentorship can be a conversation. Yeah. Right. And I, I might not say, oh, yeah, you know, there's a couple people that I would call mentors yeah. and those are people I routinely go to but there have been lots of people older same age younger who have mentored me yeah. in a particular area yeah. you, you kind of see how there's, the, mm-hmm. there's that there's going back and forth there might be a, a two or three or four or five people or, or maybe you know some, somewhere around that that really are consistently pouring into your life yeah but then there could be a wide array of people who for limited periods of time are speaking into your life and by limited i mean a conversation to you know they spent a couple days instructing me on how to do this or to really push me to think about this Mm -hmm. i think that's one way that i don't think we often think about mentorship and i try to think about it is giving people books um as, as like a push yeah. in a direction so I, I've, I've read a book or something and I, it's, this really hit home I found it helpful and then I listen to people talk and I say man I think I think what I'm hearing them say this book could be helpful and maybe I'm not in the position to really mentor them because I'm you know I can only mentor so many people without spreading myself too thin that I can't be a good mentor to anyone but I can push them in the right direction with that book yeah. I can give them a gentle push say hey why don't you read this and see how this speaks to you and then I have, in a way, been a momentary mentor, and I've said, hey, the, the, the author of this book can be a, a maybe a longer mentor and push you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a really important aspect of, of being a mentor, and, and I think that's ultimately where we should all be working towards, is, is becoming the mentor. Um, one, one thing that we talk about a lot I think we talk about a lot is uh, those three roles that you should you should always sort of be having you you should always be mentoring someone because there's always someone that that you are a couple of steps ahead of or you can pour into in this moment you should always be looking for the mentee 
you should always have a, a peer group of people who are kind of in the same in the same area, same phases of life that you are that you can lean onto. That might be what we would call our intentional community. Yeah. And I, I really think our intentional community should have people of varying stages. But in general, we're going to find ourselves with people who are roughly in the same spot we are. And that's kind of that iron sharpens iron together we're looking through this. And then that leads to um, the, the, the last one, which is um, being the mentee of someone. Yeah. Like we should always be looking to have a mentor. Seeking guidance. Yeah. Be- because nobody ever gets to be the old man who knows everything about life. Like the old man doesn't know everything about life and there's lots that he can still learn mm-hmm. and there's lots that I can learn there's lots that you can learn there's lots of people that can help us learn that and if we have the soft eyes to see it we can find that and so I think if we were to sort of begin to wrap up our conversation today on this it's the, the first half is developing that community with vulnerability intimacy trust and growth that's what we're looking for in our community vulnerability intimacy trust and growth and we want to have that network like a root like a root system where yeah. we pour into people's lives and they pour into our lives and together we're we're growing so that we can, pr- we can grow into a strong tree hmm. and and positively impact the people around us beyond our our root system and in the process of that it's going to require us to find mentors and be mentors yeah i would agree i think yeah it just it takes intentionality um it takes maybe sometimes a little bit of thought uh, but this is something that is i think we can all do so it's important that we all do and all no matter if you're listening and you know you're you're 80 or i don't know if we have any 80 year old listeners uh, if you're 80 year old listener shout out to you uh working the podcast app we appreciate that um or maybe you're um in the middle of your life or maybe you're just a college student who's about to graduate and doesn't know what they're about to do i think this applies to everyone we can we can all seek to be a little bit more intentional and uh, with our existing friends and new friends all yeah. like and i think that's really the theme of the past two podcasts is just be intentional mm-hmm. about your relationships in your life yeah and i think it when we start to do that we see uh we see that shape our lives in ways we we probably wouldn't have seen if we weren't intentional for sure yeah well i think that about does it for this week i think that was that was a fun conversation yeah we really really went through it uh thanks for listening yeah uh we are gonna have another episode yeah we'll we'll have one more episode um and then there'll be a and then we'll, we'll go on a little bit of a summer hiatus i think um Sorry, guys. I know you, you'll be like, what am I going to do with my summer if not listen to Two Guys with Glasses? But yeah, you can go back and listen to the other episodes. <laughs> yeah, just go re-listen to them. Let's Actually, here's what's going to happen in the summer. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History, is going to come out. So you can go listen to that. Yeah, we're uh, it's not usually, sponsored. It's usually pretty interesting. So <laughs> Still a pretty good podcast. Well, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Did we And uh, just... To repeat it, we really do appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen to us. It, it blows my it mind every time. <laughs> the fact that I see listeners on there, yeah. man, that's crazy. <laughs> it's the it's the weirdest, most encouraging thing ever to be like, oh, people are listening to this. That's that's really cool. And so we take it serious. And I, I think when we come back from the the hiatus, we'll have some some good quality. Oh yeah, we're gonna content about the good life. We're gonna go into our time chamber and yeah, hyperbolic time chamber. Level up. <laughs> All right, catch you guys next week. Bye.
Hey guys, Phil here again. I just want to say thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, if it's helpful for you at all, please rate it, like it, um, share it with your friends and your family. Let, let people know about it. That's uh, It's encouraging to us. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback, so get in contact with us. Get in contact with us. Just do it! And let us know what you think. Thanks again so much for listening. Do it!